you ever wished you could just grab coffee with a top leader in your direct sales company and pick her brain about all the things? Well, you're in luck. My name is Tiffany Spees. Welcome to Directly Different, the podcast where I have conversations with top direct sales leaders and ask them to share what they're doing differently to help them achieve success in their businesses. Direct sales doesn't have to feel spammy or gross. You can absolutely find success in your business by doing things a different way. I want you to feel empowered and inspired to be, well, different. Welcome to the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Directly Different. I hear from so many social sellers that they are ready to ditch the algorithm and all of the drama that goes with it for good. But that can seem incredibly scary. How will I keep in contact with my customers? How will I grow my business? Today's guest, Heather Burge, is here to share with us how she took her successful social selling business offline and how she's implementing systems to keep her business thriving. Heather is also here to tell us how you can embrace faith over fear no matter what your business looks like. You will definitely want to learn more from Heather after listening today, and you can do that by visiting replicatingyourresults.com for information on how you can work with her. You will find that and other links in the show notes. Hi, Heather. Thank you so much for being a guest on Directly Different. I'm so excited to chat with you about social media or about building a business off of social media if that is what you desire to do. So thank you so much for being on the show this week. Oh my gosh, it's an honor. I'm so excited to be on chatting about this. Thank you. Yes, and we've had a great time already getting to know each other a little bit. And so that's been really sweet. So I can't wait to hear about everything. So let's jump in. So tell us a little bit about you and your family. Sure. So I am a mama to two beautiful girls married to my hubby for, oh my gosh, now I have to do math in my head. Let's see, 17 years, which is crazy. And I actually am an entrepreneur at heart. So I started a boutique in Savannah, Georgia, fresh out of college. And I owned uh, owned that boutique for 16 years until I found my network marketing company, a beauty related company that just absolutely changed my life. And so for a while there, I kind of integrated the two until I realized this business model gave me so much more freedom to be able to spend time with my family and be able to do what I love, which is just to help other women um, feel beautiful. And if they choose to build a business, help them do that as well. So I guess that's my, my short story. <laughs> so tell us a little bit more about how you got into social selling. You are with Saint, which we've had some wonderful guests on here on the show in the past that have been with Saint. So tell us a little bit about how you found Saint and how you decide, like what made you decide to join? Sure. So I love this story. I was actually following our founder, Kara Brooke. She was a beauty blogger and I was a busy mom, like dropping my kids off at daycare, racing to the shop every single day. And most days I knew I needed to put my face of makeup on, (laughs) but I was like, oh gosh, I don't have time for this, but I wanted it to look good. So when she launched the 3D foundation product first direct to consumers through her website, I bought the very first first version of it and I was obsessed. And as she continued to improve the product, I continued to buy it and I continued to share it like crazy with everybody I knew. And so I'll actually never forget the day that I was at my shop in the midst of a busy day and she sent an email out to all of the customers that had purchased the product and she said, "We know you love this makeup and we're so grateful and we know you're already sharing it with people that you know and doing things like 
classes or parties. And we know that it's about time you get paid. And as that boutique owner, which seems like such a dream job for some people, but for me, I was paying myself last. I was working more than full time. Um, I was just burning the candle at both ends, even though I really did enjoy it or couldn't see anything different for myself at the time. But I was so grateful for the opportunity to be able to add an additional revenue stream simply by sharing a product that I already knew and loved. So I was, I mean, I, I still get chills. I've got chills right now thinking about it. Um, and I had a brief experience in another network marketing makeup company. So I understood the power of what was possible, but wasn't as drawn to that brand or even that, that compensation structure over there. So even though I didn't know what that was going to look like with saying, I was so glad when it, I realized we didn't have to worry about things like inventory or even any pressure to get active or build a team, which that's the irony of it is when I first started and I met my, uh, my now mentor, I had enrolled originally direct corporate and now my mentor, Sarah Davies, she is amazing. I uh, moved from corporate. That's one thing that um, we have the ability to do is not switch artists, but, or switch distributors for those who don't know that we're called St. Artists, but I did move under her and it's been one of the best decisions. But I remember sitting there when we first met telling her, um, I have no ambitions to build a team, you know, kind of trying to avoid any pressure from that. I just want to sell, you know, share the product and see what happens. Um, but what's crazy is now I've been with the company almost six years and I have a team of um, over 4,000, which is like, mind-blowing. And now I can say just with every fiber of my being that that's the most fulfilling part is not just having the personal success in the company and not having that, you know, hitting those initial goals on from my effort, but instead being able to help others have success through that journey. So that's kind of what I've been spending my, I guess, six, almost six years here um, doing is just trying to, to figure out ways to serve, um, to serve others and help them have success. So Heather, I had you on the show this week because you are currently growing your business and building your brand without relying too much on social media. So can you share about what led you to this decision and kind of how that looks for you currently? Sure. So this is kind of my favorite topic because I realize it's definitely a different way to do it, which is perfect for, for your podcast. Yes. Listener, right? <laughs> um, but what's kind of ironic about it is, is building without social media is something that this industry was founded on. There are companies who've been around for decades. I know even, even yours included uh, long before social media was really even a thing. And so I think it was probably about a year ago. Yes. A little over a year ago actually took a solid break, a rest from social media because it felt more like a striving for me. It didn't feel natural. I felt like I was, I'm, I'm definitely an achiever by nature. I say I'm a recovering achiever because I'm, I'm kind of coming around to, you know, <laughs> to that, but I definitely felt like I was forcing things rather than leaning into my natural gifts and talents and skill sets, especially when it came to social media. And the other thing I saw was so many women, again, trying to kind of show up like an online influencer and just whip out content and all of this stuff or feel like that's what they had to do in order to build a successful business. And while I'm definitely not saying that I didn't leverage social media to get to where I you know, am or was at that time in my business, I, I definitely knew that it didn't have to look like that, that social media can and honestly, probably should be a facet of the way that you build your network marketing business, but 
but it's not the only way and it doesn't have to be a hundred percent of the way. So I did start a podcast. It actually used to be called scale without social. That was really just helping people do exactly what you're saying, which is build their network marketing business without having to be a slave to social media. But I recently actually shifted the name to called to lead because I, number one, wanted to incorporate some additional leadership principles outside of that and have the scale without social concept be more of a pillar, if you will, of what I talk about, but also because that without word is it's a little tricky. I did feel called at that time to step away personally. So back in February, I backed away from Instagram, from Facebook, and I have not posted on there since, (laughs) Um, you know, because I wanted to be able to exemplify it. I didn't think it would be fair to have that podcast and that platform and that messaging. And then here I am, even if it's posting something personal or say one of the trips, I travel a lot with our company and with my family. And I would never want It's just kind of, it gets a little messy in there. So I have spent the last eight months building my business without social media, but full disclosure, um, that's not necessarily something that I feel like I would advise the social seller or network to do would be to completely eliminate them unless they feel very, very called to do so, which is probably like a 2% portion of it. However, you do not have to be a slave to social. It is not the only way. And I obviously could talk about this for um, days because I've been talking about it for months over on my podcast. <laughs> yes. And like you said, it's such a unique concept and people are probably like, what do you mean you you are running your social selling business off of social media? Yes. And they are probably so intrigued about how that looks. And so I am so thankful that you're sharing a little bit about the behind the scenes process with that. So Heather, how would you say your business has changed because of this very big shift in how you are currently building your business? Oh my gosh, that's such a, good, a great question. And I think for me, being able to step back and see things from you know a different level and a different perspective, it's almost like you can't see the forest through the trees when you are actively trying to build on social media, right? So for me, being able to kind of step back and watch a little bit. I mean, I don't spend a lot of time personally, which has been such an incredible blessing because it's like, I feel like I've got my life and my time back. <laughs> and that's one of the reasons why I haven't stepped back into social media, not because I don't think it's a good idea. It's mainly because I, I don't, I don't miss it to be honest. But what it really did is it, it helped me to really focus on something that was stirring in my heart, which was, I think there is a difference between the traditional network marketing strategies that have worked for those decades of of building numerous billion-dollar companies. And to be honest, the way that many of us as leaders in our company and my friends and other, other companies, the way they built their business is quite different than how we see the industry shifting today, which is a little bit more towards like an affiliate marketing strategy that requires building a high volume of, say, viewers on your reel or you know, people watching your stories or followers on TikTok or, you know, the algorithm, so many different things that are completely out of the control of the person who's trying to do the work and building a network marketing business. Whereas if you kind of go back to the principles and the basics that built many businesses, which is more value over volume and building connections and relationships, which I think is really hard to do in maps. It's really hard to do. If you are a top seller, that is amazing. But my goodness, I have no idea how you are able to keep up with all of the 20, 30 people that you enroll every month or you know the, the hundreds, if not thousands of customers. It's really difficult to serve them well 
Whereas if you, like the way I've built my business, I have about 54 directs right now. Um, I've probably personally enrolled maybe 75, um, maybe a little bit more in my, in my almost six years of this business. And I, I would say I've never brought on more than like three or four in a month, maybe one month somewhere in there. And I average what one to two somewhere in there a month. And so I know that a business can be built slowly, but surely one person at a time, one relationship at a time, one connection at a time. And again, if you are, and there's nothing wrong with trying to build a following on social media, if that is your gift and your passion and you love content creation and you've got so much bottled in you that you just want to get out there and share. And you're so passionate about your product that you could talk about it for days. If that's you and you light up on that platform, that's amazing. If you want an alternative and if you want to kind of focus on a different way, I recommend starting with the followers that you do have, even if it's just a couple hundred or a couple of thousands. Because if you think about it, if you were to stand on a stage and speak to, say, 200 people, right, if that's how many people say are viewing your stories, that's 200 people who are interested in what it is that you have to say or what it is that you have to share. And it does not have to be 200,000 or 2000 or, you know, anything crazy like that in order to do this thing. So I think I kind of wanted to be that example to show that you don't have to build this massive following in order to be successful in this business. You do, however, have to serve your customers well. And I think it's a lot easier to do it just by slowly, but surely building and developing those relationships. Yes, I totally agree with that. And some people are absolutely meant for this. And I have some great friends. Actually, I know you've even had a couple on the podcast, Jackie Richards in particular. This is her gift. And the yes. if you are looking to build a following on a social media platform, and if you want to focus on that avenue of growth, or if you want to be an online influencer, by all means, follow her and follow the gold that she shares because absolutely it works. And for a person, I would argue to say it's a small percentage, but as you know, for a small percentage of people, that is they're they're uniquely meant and gifted with that passion and that fire. And you should go all in unapologetically. And so, you know, I want to be clear on that, that if that is you, there's nothing wrong with it. That's it. You can still do a great job with that. It's just really difficult to duplicate. And, you know, and I, I love the word replicate. That's something that I, I guess they kind of mean the same thing, but essentially the, the key to building a, you know, a, a passive income through this business that's based on helping other people win you have to make it really simple and you have to make it replicatable. You have to make it to where it's not just you that's having the success or the results that other people can as well. So then we have to dial back. What is, what does that mean? What is, what does it mean to be successful? Is it to be the tippy top 0.02% of, you know, seller in your company or in having hundred thousand Instagram followers, or is it serving the people that you've been entrusted with, even if it's not this massive amount of people? So um, anyway, I could, like I said, I could talk about this. <laughs> it's such a great topic and we have seriously so much to, to chat about. It's so much fun. So you have mentioned that you have, you know, of course your podcast and you have your website and you have, you know, you have these different things that are not social media based. So how are you currently building your business without social media? So you're talking about how you're enrolling one to two people per month on average. Where do you find these people? How do you serve your customers currently? What does that look like for you on a daily, weekly, monthly basis? Good question. And I'm sure everybody listening is thinking Yeah, that. like, so tell it's us how. Yeah, what, do like, do? Well, what do you do? What do you do? 
<laughs> so um, for me, I am really passionate about in-person um, connections. And obviously I'm, I'm with a makeup company and this makeup, it is beautiful on camera. So it does, it, it shows off, off nicely in things like reels or, you know, even YouTube videos and things like that. But it, there's something really special about being able to be one-on-one with a person, or actually my favorite is to do about six people at one time gathered around just like a dining table. And we learn together. Our makeup is kind of paint by numbers based if you, if you haven't seen it. Um, and I know you have seen it, but if someone listening has not seen it, it's like paint by numbers. So it's really fun to be able to teach people that they can do simple makeup. And to be honest, I think the way that it tends to stick and to way where they can actually feel confident that they can do it too is by literally showing them sitting across the table for them. So I do a lot of in-person, whether that is those small classes, as I call them, that that's probably my favorite way to do it. Um, I do one-on-one or, or two-on-one if they, I invite them to bring a friend just to kind of summarize the time of it. Um, I very much am a believer in, especially as you're, you know, the years go by in your network marketing business, building a residual income through your existing customers, which that was a really cool stat. When I started my podcast, I looked at my entire customer list and I looked and I kind of sorted them by my best customers. And 40% of my customers who've reordered like the makeup time and time again, came from some type of in-person endeavor. And that's before I even went off of social. So that was, you know, through again, an in-person makeover that I might've even done when I had my bridal shop or from the parties and classes, like my, even the people, you know, like my sweet mom, she's hosted like, I don't know, eight or 10 classes for me with only like six or eight women and they love it. And then guess what? They host classes. I have done them on Facebook, but again, something about leveraging those in-person connections, um, is really, really amazing. And then the other thing, and I know we can probably get a little bit more into the system side of things here in a bit, but I'm also obsessed with things like uh, text marketing um, and effective email marketing. So I've really tried to focus in on, like I said, serving that customer, that loyal customer base that I have already built, serving them really well consistently with the systems that I've kind of spend a lot of time, I don't want to say perfecting, it's, it's not perfect, but just automating and, and simplifying so that not only can I use them to better serve my customers, but so that I can show somebody else how to do the same. Yes. And like you said, you really are getting back to the roots of what our industry was founded on. And that is the original Mary Kay Tupperware, yes. you know, party Avon. <laughs> that is what you are going back to. And sometimes we forget about that aspect. Like, oh, nobody wants to do in-person classes anymore, but you are building a business on that and, and doing it very well. And like you said, the product lends toward that anyways. So it's very easy to, Hey, I'll, yeah, I'll come on over and show you how to use it. Just bring some friends with you. <laughs> and if for someone maybe who their product is more, maybe a little bit more difficult to sell or to share in that environment. Another thing that I've absolutely loved is I've I've um, joined a local BNI business networking international group, which has been so cool. When I went, one of my friends invited me and she's like, I don't think you're going to want to join or do anything, but I just figured you'd want to come and check it out. And I came and I was like, how do I not know about this? This is amazing because the entire premise of it is givers gain and it's based in referral marketing. And that has been a huge win for me because, you know, for example, there's a realtor or a health insurance agent or a the owner of a local magazine, she uh, texted me to send my favorite products to include in their holiday issue. So even going back to things like that, where it's free PR and marketing, which is something I leveraged with my, my boutique for years. Now I'm kind of finding those same ways 
through different avenues. And I think if I had still been just trying to focus on that rat race of, of building on social rather than taking that step away to try new things, which I think every leader needs to kind of step outside their comfort zone sometimes and try new things. And so BNI is definitely something that, especially for those who are serious enough and are investing in their business in a way, and that they have that, that giver's gain mentality where they want to be able to give as much business as they get that is a really cool um, alternative that has been a really, really great blessing for me. That is a great tip. And I do know people who are successful with their local BNI chapters or local networking chapters. It is something that you may not think about, but can be a really powerful tool in growing your business outside of the party plan, outside of the influencer marketing, outside of all that. So I love that tip. I talked to so many people who would love to ditch the algorithm for good. I know even just yesterday, maybe you don't even know this, but even just yesterday yes, was how I heard about this. There was a glitch on Instagram, surprise, surprise. And I know I, I dropped all these followers and I was, I was flabbergasted. I was like, is this something I said? <laughs> Did I say something offensive? I had just posted an office themed reel and I was like, do people hate the office? I don't. I don't know. Is it me? You guys hate me? And I mean, it didn't bother me all that much, but then I found out it was a glitch and I felt a lot better because I'm like, okay. So speaking of the algorithm, like you said, we are at the mercy of the algorithm and that can be really frustrating sometimes, especially on days like yesterday where, you know, uncontrolled outages occur and accounts are removed and disabled and you have no control over that. So for those who are wanting to just get rid of the pressure of the algorithm for good, but they aren't sure how to do that. What is your advice to those looking to even just, like you said, scale back from social media and not be a slave to social media? What is your best advice for those listeners? So I would say that they should focus on building connections and communication with the followers there on platforms outside of that. So specifically text marketing and email marketing. And both of them are great, but I think text marketing is definitely the future of communication with customers. I think there's been a lot of um, proof industry-wide, business-wide that people like to be in touch where they are and which that's on our phones, right? So text marketing, but also email marketing is, is huge. So uh, for me, I'm a big fan of project broadcast. I think you are too. Um, that is my favorite platform, especially for network marketers, because it was literally built for network marketers and so our social sellers, you know, whatever, whatever you call it, but, you know, finding ways like whether that's text, like some keyword on your stories, text this to this number, or um, you can even, you know, do a link to it, like just finding a way to get them to your phone um, is, and I even do it on my podcast. I'm like, text the word podcast to my phone number, which is 912-405-8912. And it just rattles off the tongue and people know that they can text that. If they're interested in say something like our artist program, I can do that same thing with the keyword like artist. So using keywords and using your phone number, writing it in every caption. I have it in the bio of my Instagram. I still have my Instagram account. And so when people go to it, they can see that that phone number is right there. And I do still actually get text messages um, from people that I've even met in person that um, they'll find me, they'll follow me there and then they'll text me, <laughs> they'll text me there. So I would say definitely that same thing with email, um, you know, collecting emails is amazing. 
Um, one of my favorite tools is to have a customer form, like either through a survey or through like for us, it's a little bit easy with Saint because we do a custom color match for any time someone's trying to make up for the first time. So, you know, what that looks like is a link that they fill out that captures a little bit of their information right there on that form. And I think even if someone isn't doing a color match or something that's makeup related, they can do that exact same that exact same kind of technique, if you will. So I use JotForm. It's free for a few a few forms and you know limited submissions. So it's a great replicatable tool that works for anyone, um, any anybody on your team. And so just create a simple form. You know, around the holidays, you could maybe gift some of your product to have people fill out a survey. Um, you know, maybe like for everyone who fills it out, you can you know. Do, do some sort of giveaway. That's that's an idea to do it. But that way you're capturing and collecting the information from the people who are following you on that platform. And it gives you one more facet of communication with them. And then what's really cool about Project Broadcast is you can set up things like drip campaigns to when someone say, text the word color match, they're going to get an automated response. And then two days later, they're going to get another response. And a week later, they're going to get another response. And all of that is automated. So essentially, you're kind of mirroring that process and divorcing the results of it by setting up automations for your business. So this is something I'm super passionate about. I actually have a, a, a spot on my uh, website, something I'm developing right now um, that is a simplified tool for people who are looking to automate and integrate both email marketing and text marketing. So uh, it's it's on my website at heatherkburge.com slash automate. And it's B-U-R-G-E, heatherkburge.com slash automate. So I could talk about this for days. I probably will, maybe even by the time this airs, I might even have a podcast episode up and going, um, but I definitely will have to do it soon. So, cause that's, I think something every network marketer, especially one who has a following on social media needs is getting their people off of that platform as quickly as possible. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. And sometimes it's unfortunate, but sometimes it takes an outage or a glitch or a, you know, a, an account disabling or a, you know, a worldwide outage like we had last year. Sometimes it takes that wake up call to be really thinking very seriously about next steps when it comes to getting your customers off of a certain platform. So don't let that happen to you if you haven't yet. It's It will happen. That's the thing. It's inevitable. It's going to happen again. Nobody is safe from it. <laughs> So definitely consider those things now while you have access to the followers that you currently have. Yes, exactly. Yes. And it doesn't mean you, again, have to completely stop posting over there because I say milk it until, <laughs> you know, for, for what it's worth, right? And just, again, commit to that process of whatever that amount of, of content uh, creation looks like for you. Just commit to leveraging it in a way and integrating it into your life because it is a powerful marketing tool, but yes, find other ways to communicate with them outside of it. Yes. Something you can totally build behind the scenes as you grow. Yeah. Now I know Heather, some people might be thinking as they're listening, okay, great. Heather has, you know, she has successfully gotten off of social media as far as building her business and isn't doing as much in the social media aspect of it. But that's because she built a social media following and was able to funnel those people into other platforms, into other avenues before going off. So what are you, what is, what are some words of advice or words of encouragement you have for some people who are thinking, okay, well, I need to build a huge following and be a slave to social media before jumping ship. <laughs> what would you say to those listeners? 
Oh gosh. I love, I love this question. You're probably right. That's exactly what somebody is thinking. And actually funny enough, that's a, that's a little conviction that I did have with having the podcast called that because I was like, well, technically, technically I did scale using social. So I wanted to be clear, clear about that. Um, but the really cool thing is so full disclosure, I did try to kind of go that route. I was even an affiliate, uh, for a hair company launch that you might've seen. And so you know, yes, I never built a huge following. I did feel, I think, I think I have like 7,000 followers on Instagram, which is not, I mean, it's definitely not a small amount. It's not a huge amount, but it's definitely not a small amount. Um, and so I did full disclosure, you know, focus on, I'd probably say for a solid year, kind of going that influencer route, if you will. So I'm not going to lie about that. Um, but I think the lessons that I learned from that were, it was, I realized that, kind of as an achiever, sometimes that reads through in the content creation. And I found myself, number one, when I was creating the the content for launch, for example, I'd be like, oh, I've got to take pictures of these hair tools. And, you know, it felt like a burden and it felt like I was doing it only to get something from it. And it did not feel good. It didn't feel, I'm not knocking anyone who, again, is just, they're gifted in content creation. They love it. It lights them up. But for me, I'm kind of grateful for that experience to know that that's not really for me. So I would say sometimes people avoid social media or trying to build on social media because they're scared or because they, you know, are afraid they can't. So I think that people should not so much go all in with it, but do take baby steps to integrate social media into their marketing platform because everyone should be marketing their business in some way, shape or form. And social media is a very powerful, very relevant tool for doing that, if that makes sense. But if you don't, if you're like me and it feels a little unnatural or feels um, just not in tune to who you are to go all in with the content creation, know that that's okay, that you can absolutely do it in other ways. Because the other thing I would say to that person is I have countless people on my team. One that comes to mind is Tammy Williams. I did a, an interview um, with her on the podcast. I don't know the episode number, but maybe I can send you the link to include in the show notes. But she built her business without going live. She was terrified to go live. She was in her fifties when she joined and she was like, I'm not, I'm not doing it. Like, she's like, I might post a pre-recorded video here and there, but I mean, I can probably count on two hands in almost six years or over, I would say over five years that she has been doing this business that she has, that she has done some kind of promotion about her business online, which is, I think, saying a lot. And instead, she has talked about it to anybody and everybody, including her banker, <laughs> her, you know, the people that she met, she was a neonatal um, NICU nurse and a photographer for a long time. So, you know, the connections and the family and the friends that she had built, um, that's who, who she leveraged. And what's, this is an even crazier fact about her. She um, did when we launched in Canada, this was in 2019, I believe it was Tammy did not know a single person <laughs> in Canada and she still didn't want to go the online influencer route. So what she did is she created a group on Facebook. So she did leverage social media, but not in an influencer way where it said something like Canada loves, it was called mascara beauty at the time. Canada loves mascara beauty. And she built a community around women who wanted this makeup and dang, if she didn't enroll 20 people in one day when we opened Canada. And now to this day, she has about 30% or 30% of her team are Canadians. And she has about, um, gosh, 20% of the entire like Canadian force on her team. somewhere. 
So, and honestly, like her biggest, and I know I'm harping on Tammy, but her biggest leader who makes up, you know, a, a big percentage of her leg was her nail lady. It was someone that her nail lady connected her with. And so just talking about it and sharing it with her nail lady, her nail lady connecting it with, you know, with this, this leader who then fell in love with it and built her business. So there are other ways. And I knew even if I had kind of taken baby steps into it, I was super passionate and have shared. There's even more stories. Um, if you, you know, hop on over to my podcast where for again, the six or seven months or so that it was called scale without social, the entire thing, it is all chatting about that. So I love that question. And I know it kind of sounds like a little bit of a cop-out, um, but again, going back to my, the residual aspect of having your customers for me, the in-person connections and same thing with Tammy, Tammy has a really strong reorder business because she built trust and connection rather than someone just clicking her swipe up link on her stories. So does that answer your question or does it, it make does? Me yes. And it really does go back to the point that you were saying that it, you know, it doesn't matter how many people you have following you or whatever. You don't have to have a certain number before you exit social media. You could have a really small handful of customers that you serve very well and you can get off of social media and still grow and build because you have that core group. And so it doesn't matter. The number doesn't matter. You know, it, it doesn't, you don't going after a certain number that wasn't your goal. Like, okay, once I get to 7,000, I'm just going to back off. <laughs> no, it wasn't like that. You concentrated on serving who you were talking to. And so I just, I feel like that is no, that perfectly answers because it, it doesn't matter really at the end. It doesn't matter if you start at the beginning building those connections, or if you build connections and then back away, it's just about building the connections. And that's where it doesn't matter. Like it just, I always tell, I always tell my team members, you never know the next person that you meet or the next person that you talk to, or your next hostess or your next team member, you never know where that's going to take your business. And so you just don't stop making connections because you can't, you cannot underestimate what might happen in the future based on just one conversation that you might have with somebody. I know it can seem so scary to step out of what is considered normal in today's social selling landscape, whether that's building on social media, off of social media, stepping away, taking some time off, you know, doing things a little bit differently. It can, it really can seem scary. It can seem, you know, what if I do this and what if I make a mistake? What if it's the wrong decision? So Heather, how have you embraced practicing faith over fear when it comes to your business? Oh, this is such a good question. And also something I could probably talk about for days, but <laughs> you know, I, I know that every single distributor who is in any network marketing company, she's got her or he have their own fears. And for some people, it might be like Tammy's going live for others. It might be like, for me, it was starting a podcast. It really was very scary. Um, you know, or believe it or not, it was actually talking about the business because I didn't want to come off as being pushy. And so I actually was like, how in the world I've been able to personally enroll 75 people? I have no idea. Then <laughs> they did not just come to be randomly either. It was through those connections and conversations. It wasn't like random people who click join or something. Cause again, people don't really do that. It's rare that they do that. But anyways, um, so everybody has their own fear. And I think this is applicable to life, but especially in this business is that when you can kind of choose the alternative and lean into faith, which is basically just believing the best thing that could happen versus the fear, which is believing the worst possible thing that could happen. 
and choose to kind of have that hope of like, well, what if this does work? What if I go live and I love it? What if I do create the content with this company and, you know, people go crazy and I find a new skill set? you know, just, you shouldn't hold yourself back, especially, you know, when it comes to social media and in any aspect of building your, your business, your network marketing business, you shouldn't let fear be the thing that holds you back from doing it. And the other thing is, you know, for me as a follower of Christ, I am a big believer that we <laughs> have got this gift inside of us that you will be given every idea, every inspiration, to be honest, every contact, every connection. When I look back to those um, and some of, you know, the biggest blessings of people that I didn't know until this journey, I know that they were gifts that were given to me. It was just up to me to be able to have that scary conversation with them or to be able to step out in, in faith to, you know, invite them to a class or to try this, you know, this makeup or to invite them to join me in business. And so, you know, for me, I know, and I've experienced this, that when you can lean into that, when you can lean into that, that voice inside of you, that's giving you that idea and that wisdom and instead we tend to look outside of us and we tend to like even listen to podcasts and coaches and you know your your upline and not that they don't know or that we don't know what we're talking about but i think you have to look to something deeper you have to look to who you are what lights you up who you know um so many new distributors for example try to think about like oh well maybe my teenage niece will want to try this product or, you know, I can share this with these people here. It's like, no, like start with your, the people that you know, and love your coworkers, your friends from college, you know, the people that you're out to, like, I did makeup literally at Mexican restaurants when I first started my business, because I was like, look, look at this, look at this, you should try this, you know, (laughs) because I was so excited about it. So when you can lean into doing the hard things in your business, not only does it usually sometimes result in the best case scenario, but you feel really good about doing it. You're like, oh my gosh, I just did that. Like I did that scary thing and it worked. I think I can do it again. And you're always going to have, you're going to be butting up against those things that make you uncomfortable or make you nervous. And I'm certainly not trying trying to say you should compromise any convictions that you have. Um, that's a totally different thing. I think there's a difference between the fears of like, what, what if this happens versus the conviction of like, "Mm, I don't know that I want to run my business in that way, if that makes sense. So, and it's going to be different for you. It's going to be different for me. It's going to be different for the, you know, for you that's listening. So I, I just invite people to try to get more introspective with that and definitely kind of think, okay, is this, is this fear or is it a conviction? Is this something that I know I, I shouldn't? probably shouldn't do in my business. And then if it is fear, what's the opposite of that and believe the best and hope for the best and take action on that and choose faith over fear. That's great. And the more you do that, we've talked about this in past episodes, we've talked about confidence and how to grow your confidence and things like that, but it really, there's no quick scheme or quick hack or life hack to do these things. You just have to keep doing them. And over time it gets easier. It really does. I mean, it doesn't make it easy to do, but it gets easier to take that leap of faith. Like, okay, I know that this, you know, maybe it's not a million dollar idea. Maybe it's not going to be uber successful, but I have to try it because I know in the past that I've tried ideas that haven't worked, but nothing happened. Nothing permanent happened. Nothing bad happened to me. It just didn't work because I just tried something else. So you have to keep doing those things over and over and over again in order to teach yourself to show yourself that you can, you can try things. You can do things that are kind of scary 
and it's going to be okay. Yes, definitely. All right. So let's talk about leaders and those in leadership positions. I know that your podcast has pivoted to be more of a, a blessing to leaders who are called to lead. And as leaders, it's easy to think, are we making a positive impact on our teams? How can we as leaders gain confidence and build up a lasting impact on our team and beyond? It's so easy to get discouraged because you you send out an email and nobody responds, or you set up a team training and nobody attends, you know, or something like that. Or you have a core, a core group of, of team members who are those faithful followers, but you are want you are just wondering, am I making an impact? Am I making the biggest impact possible? So how can we build up that confidence when it comes to leadership? So I would say that if you are a network marketing leader and you you know have big goals in this business, I think one of the first things you have to realize is most people don't. <laughs> and they might, of course, I mean, anybody, I mean, no one's going to turn down, you know, making six figures or, you know, earning a free trip to some tropical destination. Like obviously they would, they would love to have those things, but most people join this business because they are looking for a fun and fulfilling community. They are looking, you know, to maybe make just a little bit of extra money, you know, sharing a product they love with their friends and family and kind of seeing what happens. And so I think sometimes it's hard for leaders because they have these high expectations of themselves. They have these big goals and they want everybody to come along with them. And especially if they are kind of in the social selling sphere and they are naturally gifted in that, it kind of can come easy to them. So when it doesn't come so easy to somebody else, it can feel like, oh, no one's doing anything or no one's this, that, the other. And I hear that word a lot, no one, this, but here's the thing, friends, like if you just have a few, two, five different people who are directly enrolled to you and you link arms with them and you pour, you find out what it is that they want out of this. And if that is just a little bit of extra manicure and pedicure money to start, or if that is, you know, to get $500 to buy Christmas presents for their kids, whatever that is, if you can focus your energy on building them up and helping them choose faith over fear on those, especially those first steps in business, or if they're already an existing leader, what that next step for them in business could be. And it might be hosting their own team call. Like there are leaders who are scared of that. They are, they're like, say, have them invite, bring, bring you on, <laughs> bring somebody else, play a podcast, play one of Tiffany's podcasts, you know, like bring in, you know, that third party tool to them. You don't have to be the one. In fact, you shouldn't be the one to be an expert and do it for them. It's your job and your role as a leader to provide that encouragement, to come alongside them and just help them take that next step in their journey, whatever that looks like, whether they're just getting started, whether maybe they got started and they did make back their investment. And now, you know, they need help like me to see how building a team actually could be fulfilling. It doesn't have to be scary and it definitely doesn't have to be done in a weird, skeezy way. And so just really kind of looking at, again, the individual person and building that connection and building that culture. And the other side to that is then having strong systems in place to where you can marry the process and divorce the results of that. So that looks like if you have a team call, you know, once a month on Tuesday nights at 8.30 PM, if you've got two people that show up to it, guess what? They're your people. Go help them find some more people. And then guess what? Maybe the next time it's four people and then it's eight people and then it continues to grow. And so, you know, it doesn't have to start with, in fact, it is difficult sometimes to do that when you have a volume. Cause again, if you have 20 people enroll with you, how in the world are you going to get to know them and figure out what it is that they want? How are you going to find the time to do that? 
And so, you know, just starting with what you have. And if you are, because I know there are leaders that are listening to this that maybe do have a wide front line and it does feel like no one's doing it. Look for the people who are, the people who are getting active, the people who are having wins in their business, even if the win looks different than yours, right? Because some people, have, we all have different goals in this business. So align with them. Um, one thing that also comes to mind, I actually started doing weightlifting and my trainer was talking about some book I need to figure it's something about a zebra and zebras don't get ulcers or something. I'm like, I need to read this book, but he basically says that people like just naturally, it's like a scientific book of some kind anyways, but they, they, one of the things they, they want predictability. They'd almost rather like not know, or they would rather know that something is going to happen, even if they don't have like big expectations of the result. So if you can find ways to be that predictable element of the business, whether that is a, you know, a, a routine team call or, um, you know, again, kind of checking in at the beginning of the month to just find out like, where are you? What's your, what's your heartbeat for this business this month? And then just being okay with whatever that answer is and making it for them. Because ultimately the success, the key to success in this business is just helping other people win. That's it. That's I know it's oversimplifying it, but if you can do that one person at a time, you can absolutely build, you know, an amazing legacy income. And even more importantly, you're going to feel fulfilled in the process because it's not just about you. It's about what they want. Yes. I love to hear that. I think that's excellent advice to any leader listening or anybody wanting to be a leader. Not everybody listening is a leader and you might think I'll never be a leader. Yes, you will. If you, like you said, it just takes one connection at a time, building one relationship at a time with one person and see where that goes because over time it will definitely blossom. All right, Heather, this has been excellent, an excellent conversation. Just chatting about your experience with building your legacy off of social media and how that looks for you and your business. So tell us a little bit about how listeners can get in touch with you and how they can listen to your podcast and tell us maybe even a little bit more about your podcast and who, and who it serves. Sure. So my podcast is called the called to lead podcast, and it's really my mission to help network marketers who want to grow their business, do it in a way that feels fulfilling and can be done without the, you know, the, the results being tied to their own personal effort. And so what that again looks like is by choosing that faith over fear and, you know, leaning into that wisdom from the Lord. Um, I do kind of dive into some, you know, some faith-based stuff over there. It's, it's not, it's nothing scary because I'm not here to tell anybody what they should or shouldn't believe, but as a believer myself, it's definitely something that I don't know how to not integrate that into it because it's such a huge facet of helping leaders soar in their business. But I also get into kind of some of the more nitty gritty stuff like the systems and automation and the things that network marketers need to have in place in order to serve their customers and their team really well. And so um, that's the Called to Lead podcast. And I do a couple of episodes a week over there. Uh, and I'm also really excited. I just, I uh, think when this airs, I will have just wrapped up a free workshop called Do Less, Earn More with my mentor uh, in Saint. She is amazing. Her name's Sarah Davies. And so we're partnering together and I'll, I'll make sure that the replay is available for your listeners um, for that, because we're going to be launching a course. It's based on a program that we did coaching our runners that were having success in their business and were on fire in their business, but wanted to take it to the next level. We did a coaching program over the summer for our saint leaders 
where we just help them learn the principles in a kind of a bite-sized way each week that we know not just in our own network marketing businesses, but in the leaders that we have grown through our businesses. And honestly, in some of the mistakes that we've made and the lessons learned over the time, we pour this all into the the program. And so we're going to be opening up outside of Saint, um, open to any network marketing leader, and it's called Replicate Your Results. And um, the I can send you more information. You can go to replicateyourresults.com if you want to learn more about that. And again, I can make sure that Tiffany has the link to the free workshop where you can just learn a little bit more about some of the things. And there's a really fun quiz in there where you can kind of learn more about your style of leadership and how you can soar in your business. So uh, I'm so excited for that, that next step. And I really do. I'm, I'm a big believer in rising tides, raise all ships. And I'm so thankful to be able to be on this platform with your listeners. Cause I know that they are wanting to do this in a different way. And that's also who, you know, I, I want to be able to serve with this is, is just the people who want to do it in the right way. Yes. Well, thank you, Heather, for being on and being so transparent about your journey and, and what it looks like for you and how, how others can do that too, how they can replicate the same results. So thank you again for being on the show this week. I appreciate you so much. Oh gosh. Thank you again for having me. Thank you so much for listening in to this week's episode. In my opinion, it's way more fun to share life with a friend. So if you loved what you heard today, feel free to take a screenshot and post it to your socials so your friends can listen into the show too. Don't forget to tag me at Directly Different Podcast and I'll be sure to give you a shout out. Speaking of social media, follow me on Instagram at Directly Different Podcast and send me a DM. I'd love to continue the conversation. I'll catch you guys in the next episode.